Hi, this is Dr. Sweet, and thank you so much for joining us in this course on clinical psychopharmacology. I wanted to spend a few minutes with you sending a podcast to just talk about why I like the textbook we've chosen for this class. This is the newly revised and updated, the ninth edition of the Handbook of Clinical Psychopharmacology for Therapists. I like this book because it's quite quite practical and it really espouses my point of view, which is really that um, clinical psychopharmacology really is a a synthesis of both psychotherapy and uh, the psychopharmacology. And I wanted to spend a moment just talking about the introduction. Now, when I was a student way back in the old days, I would really kind of just skim through an introduction and just really bypass it to get the nuts and bolts from the actual chapters. And while that's an important way to look at things, as I have grown older and I've become more of a professor than a, than a student, I actually spend more time reading introductions to get a sense of what is it that this book is trying to accomplish. What is the author's particular stance? And how does this put everything that I'm about to learn into a context? And so I felt that it was pretty important for me to, since I suspect you may not have read the introduction with great depth because there's so much to pack in with the rest of the book, I'm going to summarize for you some thoughts I had about the introduction Uh, for a couple more minutes, things that I thought were pretty important to kind of keep in mind. One thing is that, well, psychopharmacology is such a young field. It's just so young. And as you look through the history and you go to page four of this book and you read on the history of biological psychiatry, I, I, uh, I was impressed, even though I have read this before, I, I was still pretty impressed by how young the field is, I was also impressed that psychiatry, uh, psychopharmacology, I should say, was really rooted, rooted in, in the biological and medical model to begin with. So you read this for yourself in the, in the uh, introduction, but it's important to know that psychopharm and really psychiatry was just really rooted in medical and biological theory and that the hunt was really to look for a medical or biological reason for um, the pathology and the behavioral difficulties that were seen at that time. You'll see that uh, syphilis, the bacteria that's involved in in syphilis and uh, the Pellagra, the uh, diseases associated with niacin and, and protein deficiencies were touted to be evidence that we definitely would have a purely biological um, underpinning for all psychiatric diseases. It really caused quite a bit of excitement and stir uh, back back then. Uh, so, but that didn't last. As you as you go on reading in this. Um, really cool chapter, you see that uh, biologic psychiatry really didn't, wasn't able to really substantiate many of their claims. 
So, uh, nonetheless, I, I think it's good that we, um, we, we take a step back because we've made so much progress in biologic psychiatry. It's kind of interesting to look back and see that we started in biologic psychiatry. It fell short. If you read this chapter, uh, psychiatry lost a lot of respect. Uh, people thought it was just BS. And um, we kind of meandered around with some of the uh, psychological or psychotherapeutic uh, approaches, but it was floundering uh, for a while, this field. Now, pay attention to the somatic therapies on page five. Interestingly, what I liked about that um, was the idea that uh, certain medications, as you can see, like chloral hydrate, ether, even alcohol, chloroform, uh, bromides were given uh, back then because there wasn't that much research. One thing that struck me about trying to be a psychiatrist or um, psychotherapeutic uh, healer <laughs> back in those times, well before the 50s and the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, none of this was based on any science of this, the pathophysiology of psychiatry or the pathophysiology of disease. It was really about uh, attempting to induce what was going on and hunt for a biological reason. So many of the um, the, the, the drugs that uh, eventually came up were really accidental drugs. They were for other things. And that was also fascinating to me um, that uh, ultimately, you know... Um, <laughs> the only things that they had were things like psychosurgery uh, and how brutal was that like a lobotomies uh, literally taking out parts of the PFC the prefrontal cortex to reduce uh, people's behaviors or other parts of the brain being um, tampered with even ECT being indiscriminately used early on um, just globally used uh, even though we know it does work and we have great evidence that it does work Back then, if you read this chapter, you'll see how it was kind of a brutal... Uh, the combination of ECT and psychosurgeries were just blunt instruments uh, back in the day. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, psychiatry got this notion of just, what, seclusion, restraint, and uh, as the book points out, wet sheet packs and just doing what seems to be kind of inhumane, right? Inhumane things to treat psychiatric disorders. That's what this field started with. And so I I wanted to read that and absorb it. We've come a long, long way, but I think in this chapter, this introductory chapter, they're really attempting to show us um, just where the field has emerged from. So on page six, they talk about new discoveries. And I, I thought that the three uh, discoveries that they talked about, Thorazine, um, and then the, the, the neurochemical synapse and uh, the genetic studies were really well handled. And they did it in such a short, quick fashion. You can read it on your own. You can see that Thorazine was initially found to help uh, post-op patients and it was not really meant to be a psychiatric drug and it 
but the companies, the drug companies eventually figured that out that, hey, you know what, this can sedate individuals and keep them calm. And really, it could actually also help with psychotic or um, certain kinds of behavioral or, or mood disorder symptoms. So Thorazine, uh, just like other drugs, uh, t- really d- did not have its... Um, Beginnings in psychiatry. It, it, if you read the chapter, you'll see that uh, many of the drugs that we're using today were used for other kinds of um, illnesses. So I'd like you to spend some time reading that, especially this uh, page six and page seven, uh, and just uh, appreciate that even things like lithium or uh, uh, MAO inhibitors. Um, even the TCAs, the uh, imipramine, the tricyclic antidepressants that we're going to spend a lot of time with, they were all used in in other ways early on, right? Uh, and, and, and remember, these things were all discovered like in the late 1950s, uh, early 60s. So something to keep in mind is that um, accidental discoveries led to some of the work that we, um, some of the findings that we see today, right? And some of the drugs that we use today. So keep that in mind. Uh, uh, we're going to spend a lot of time on the, um, the, 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 the neurochemical transmission and synapse. Uh, but, uh, keep in mind that the monoamine hypothesis that you're going to spend a lot of time on really found its basis in the work of, of Sherrington, um, who discovered the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the existence of the synapse in the early 1900s and then this got amplified obviously later on by the work of others. Um, genetics, bipolar disorder as you know and schizophrenia as you may know from other classes do have a, a strong familial or genetic component. We'd spend some time on that um, and, and uh, good for you to just sort of absorb that. So I think it's important just to just to understand what's happening across the landscape, how we've emerged and come from such a blunt place to a sharper place. We're not there yet in Psychoform, but we're really, we've really made progress. I'd like to draw your attention also to pages eight and nine of the introduction. I, I, I literally, I, I love how this book is organized. Um, and also read the anecdotal comments in the little, the little gray sheeted areas. They're really cool and really well done. Uh, they're easy to read and easy to absorb. But I just want to spend a moment talking to you about this whole biological versus um, psycho, psychotherapy um, debate that has been plaguing um the field of psychoform for quite some time and the book does a great job on it you'll see on page uh, i think it's eight yeah i'm looking at it here um that they sort of break down the professional dissension into the uh pro medication and pro psychotherapy uh approaches and then they really delineate out beautifully how a biological psychiatrist might think and a psychotherapist might think or and leading and what they're trying to build up to is the integrated approach but you are going to run into i i must say i came from a background in medicine and it took me a while not to be strictly biological i totally get on page eight where they talk about the pro-medication argument i totally get um the argument that 
um, medications are quantifiable. You can monitor a dosage. You can study them. They react. They, they medications act quickly. They reduce symptoms, and, and the quicker response restores people's hope and gets them feeling better quickly. It may even help them. I don't know, uh, be more able to participate in, especially with somebody who's psychotic, uh, they can't always participate in a um, psychotherapy process, but sometimes the medication can alleviate those symptoms and allow the person to be able to participate in psychotherapy. So getting quick responses from medications is a big deal. I was, because I was initially more biologic in, in my thinking, I uh, used to think that psychotherapy could not be measured like many biologic psychiatrists or theorists think, but there's a lot of research now that says that that's not true. So um, we live in an HMO-driven world. You should read the little um, caveat on HMO medicine here uh, on page, uh, I think it's page, uh, page 10, 11. But going back to the... Uh, professional discussion yet yeah, spend time uh, looking at the differences between a biologic approach and someone who wants to use a psychotherapeutic approach and let me tell you I have shifted I am no longer just the guy who's only looking and saying medications are more effective than psychotherapy I used to be like that medications uh, providing um, help to people who may have a limited intellectual capacity. So maybe somebody is psychotic, they have poor ego strength. Um, the medications seem to help in those cases. And I often used to think that psychotherapy was too, too, too prolonged and that it was super expensive. And I agree with what the, the authors are saying here um, on the biologic section that medications uh, are more sometimes more cost effective even though that's now becoming less and less true because we're spending so much on meds now that it's, I don't know. I mean, yes, yeah, psychotherapy can be expensive and sometimes they don't take insurance. So it's really expensive for people. They can't afford to go see a, spend $150 or $90 or even some cases, three or $500 a week to see their psychi psychologist or their psychiatrist. So there is that issue um, of cost, but I also medications are becoming costly and we're spending a lot on, on medications. I loved the argument about psychotherapy being able to address the deeper, more complex individual, right? Um, the, the line that said that the drugs can um, interfere with someone's autonomy and free will. It can blunt a person's motivation to do the internal work to get better, I think is accurate. I think it's super accurate. Um, so drugs can make you dependent on the drug, right? And drugs can make you dependent on the doctor, uh, the prescriber, the nurse, whoever is giving it to you. And that's a real concern for people who truly are looking at it from the psycho that psychotherapy is better. Um, I agree with them that medications ultimately do not solve problems, right? That medications can't teach you to be how to cope better. They can't mend your broken heart, as the book says here on page 10. A medication can't fill an empty space. It doesn't get you um, to have better self-esteem uh, or to look at things differently so that you can have a different outcome. So 
yeah, which one is better, right? Psychotherapy really addresses the deeper, more complex individual and and medications can actually help with certain symptoms. Well, that's why. Um, and, and of course, the public is swayed by media and the, the book does a great job on this, like all you, the Church of Scientology and how it, it went after um, the APA about Prozac and that's written up here and how it went after... Um, how it tried to discredit the field of psychiatry and psychopharmacology is all written up here. But I kind of see both sides. I see where the medication can really help reduce concrete targeted symptoms. And yet the psychotherapy is what really handles the more complex inner being that the medicines just cannot reach. And so an integrated approach is what this book is really trying to get to. Uh, it um, On page 11, it talks about this rapprochement, uh, the, the biological and psychological perspectives leading to, to a more integrated approach. Um, because as it says, the most effective medicine in the world if you if you're not going to take it or you have a belief that's that's anti-medicine or it's not going to work if you try to take it or it may not be effective right if you're not even, if you're not even taking it it's a problem so uh i think this idea of using an integrated approach is really important now the book does mention um a really uh, an interesting point that in most disorders, most issues that you face, uh, that patients face, except for anxiety disorders, you use medication and, and psychotherapy are good. Uh, the book impl- says pretty clearly that, um, I think it's on page 13. Um, I'm not sure what page it is. Don't, don't quote me on that. But I, it's on one of these pages where it talks about anxiety disorders. It seems to be the only group of disorders where they really push more psychotherapy than medication. And that makes sense because if you have an anxiety disorder and you give somebody a benzo or you give them anything, you can really make them, you can mess them up because the, the stuff that you need to work on that's generating the anxiety doesn't get worked on. And too often I've seen people just be prescribed Xanax or um, uh, lorazepam or something like that. And they feel better, but they're like so dependent on that medicine because they're not doing the work. So anxiety disorders being the disorders that um, I guess really require more psychotherapy as a first line. And, and perhaps more so than using medication is an important point. So read up the book again. You know, make sure you understand the difference between uh, the biological approaches and the psycho- psychotherapeutic approaches. Uh, understand the value of the integrated approach and why that's um, important. Um, and to also understand that psychotherapy has now been studied and it is showing outcomes that it does affect neural the neurobiology. So it used to be that we didn't think psychotherapy had any effect on neurobiology. Now we're seeing that uh, neural networks are affected um, positively by psychotherapy. And so that's, that's really, really good news. Now, you should know that the book does mention two particular types of psychotherapy, the CBT and I think... Uh, IPT, interpersonal therapy, and CBT therapy. And it also very smartly talks about why these are more evidence-based. They're more, they can be, they can be studied more. And they tend, although no psychotherapy is better than the other one, according to the research, 
these two are very popular because they can they're easier to study they can be put into manuals and and they seem to um work really well uh with combined therapy so just something uh to keep in mind um as you read through the book on your own and you have your own questions we would invite you to ask us questions about it uh you know, and uh, and uh, and and you're you're studying psychopharm, right? The last thing I'm going to say is that you're studying psychopharm, and it's really important that you do because the majority, as the book points out on page 13, 14, 15, you will see that the majority of of mental health is carried out by non-prescribers, uh, non-psychopharmacologists. Um, we're like the we're like the the least, you know, we're just a fraction. Of the of who even though this is a psychiatric and a psychological issue, we're family therapists and non-medical and non-pharmacologists are the ones that are seeing these patients. Non-psychopharmacologists are seeing these patients and seeing clients much more than we are. So we're we're actually the majority of mental health services, as the book says, are provided by non-medical therapists, and the majority of prescriptions for psychi- for psychotropic medications are written by family practitioners and primary care physicians. So we're not even the ones writing these medications, but you all will be in a position to either monitor how these medications are affecting someone and to also maybe, with your knowledge, be able to suggest the use of a medication. Interestingly, the book points out that therapists have been sued um, for not being able to accurately... Um, refer someone for medication or psychotropic intervention uh, and uh, cause them to suffer more. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind, right? That, that that you will be in a position, the reason this course is so valuable is that you will be in a position having had gone through this course to be familiar with the medications, familiar with this, the, the target symptoms, familiar with some of the outcomes of medications, the side effects, the adverse effects, idiosyncratic reactions. You'd be able to uh, uh, sort of navigate the, the, the nexus between uh, the mind-body response and also be able to, most importantly, partner and collaborate with prescribers, which is really necessary because increasingly in today's world, prescribers are, we're, we're really only seeing the person for 15, 20 minutes or we're ever under such pressure to like get them the medicine. But then how does this person feel about the medication? Whether or not they're going to take the medication? Uh, what is this medication doing to them? Uh, has it affected their quality in life in any way? Is there, time, it, is there something you need to change? That's where you come in. And if you have fluency, uh, if you can be sort of bilingual, right, to be able to speak psychothera- speak psychotherapy and speak psychopharmacology, uh, that would be really cool because then you're in a position to speak to prescribers uh, or treatment providers and the client and influence um, uh, and discuss diagnosis, discuss a target symptom, discuss... Um, what is etiological considerations and and also to to help um, influence treatment. So with that said, I'm going to stop here. I just wanted to let you know that this is all from chapter. Uh, I think it's the introduction. It's not the chapter. Let me just double check. Yeah, it's the introduction, and I wanted you to get sort of my take on it um, because. It, 
mental health has really gotten to the place where it's multidisciplinary, it's integrated, and we need non-medical prescribers who are in a better position to really evaluate clients and evaluate patients and evaluate what's happening to them uh, to be able to speak to us as providers and to and really help us either change or, uh, or channel treatment. So I'm trusting that you will really give the introduction some time, look at it, understand the history, have a sense of what's going on in the field, and that from this class you and the reading of this book, you'll be in a great place to help individuals with compassion. This book is all about compassion. It's not about just throwing... That The reason I chose it was that I wanted a book that did not just push only medications and theories. It's This book speaks directly to helping individuals as people first who happen to maybe need medication or need to be taken off of medication or to benefit from combined or integrated treatment. So welcome aboard. Thank you for taking the course. And uh, again, if you have any questions, uh, we have a great team in Maha and Chloe. We have a great team here with Dr. Barrett uh, doing our in-person lectures. And you have me as a virtual resource. And I'll be sending out more podcasts to you as we go forward. Alrighty, take care and uh, be well.